So let's read Exodus chapter number four together. I think I'll be talking to you on a message called God is able because we want to discover how able our God is. So I'll read from the screen. Is that so? Yes, we will be reading from the screen. Verse one says, then Moses answered, behold, they will not believe me or listen to my voice. For they will say, the Lord did not appear to you. We're taking from chapter 3, where God was talking to Moses, telling him to go to Egypt and engage the elders and all that kind of stuff and tell them that the I am has sent you. And Moses says, what if they doubt? What if they don't believe and they say you are not sent of God? How many times have you been there also where people look at you and say, mm, God can't speak to this kind? Eh? You are just sending yourself. So that's where Moses is here. Let's go on. The Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? He said, stuff. I love the way God approaches Moses' doubts and questions. God doesn't take time or waste time explaining unnecessary things. See how he answers Moses' question? And what if they don't believe? What if they say, I did not send you? One would have expected God to say, okay, Moses, this is what you are going to say and do, but God simply asks a question. What is in your hand, my boy? What's in your hand? And Moses says, well, I have a staff, which means a rod. You know, shepherds carry the rod. Eh? During that time, that road was not for hitting sheep. It was just for guidance. It was for rescue. It was for protection. This is where you get the word in the Proverbs, where the Bible says, spare the rod and spoil the child. And from a natural point of view, we use the rod as a hitting stick. That's not what the Bible is talking about. We will show you at some point. But the here is a rod, the staff, and Moses says, I, I have a staff, my shepherd's staff, my shepherd rod. And then God begins what only God can do. And he said, throw it on the ground. So he threw it on the ground, and it became a serpent, and Moses ran away from it. I love this. This is the, this is the rod that I'm carrying every day as a shepherd. And now I asked God, what if they don't believe? And God is now demonstrating. That's how God answers. And he says, come on, I use what you have, Moses. Throw that thing down and the stick becomes a snake. Wah! Moses runs away from his own stick. But God doesn't end there. Let's move on. But the Lord said to Moses, Put out your hand, you. Put out your hand and catch it by the tail. So he put out his hand and caught it and it became a staff in his hand again. I love Moses. He's very bold. Very, very bold. Eh? And not only bold, but very obedient, isn't it? Yeah? Throw it down, it becomes a snake. And God says, I'm not going to do it. You asked me a question. I am training you. This is a theological seminar for Moses. He didn't attend any university. This was the training ground. Yeah? Catch it by the tail. 
When you want to catch a snake, you don't catch it by the head, by the tail. Eh? Maybe that's where the snake catchers took it from. Catch it by the, the tail and he touches it and it becomes his rod again. Now God can go and walk with Moses. What does he say? That they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. You know, you don't explain God by words. God doesn't explain himself beyond these names. No. Beyond these names, God is a miracle-working God. God is a, is a God of signs and wonders. You are not going to bother the elders, Moses, explaining a lot of things. You're just going to tell them that the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob appeared to me. And when they don't believe that, I have shown you how else to convince them. In most cases, we take a lot of words to explain God and we misrepresent God in our words. Instead of just explaining God by who he is, the God of signs and wonders. The miracle working God. I'm not sure if you are with me this morning. We become too worthy in our explanation and in our teaching and the preaching of God. He is a practical God. He's a practical God. You know, God is not impressed by our big words that we use to describe him. And we use the same words to describe men. Come on. God is beyond that. Anything that describes men cannot qualify God. And so God can be qualified by who he is. The God of Abraham. The God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the miracle-working God. And so where are his miracles in our midst? The reason why we are so passive as a church is our God is no longer this God of miracles. The reason why people are all over the world looking for signs and wonders, looking for miracles and checking on fake miracles. Is because they aren't seeing the God of Abraham, whom we represent. Moses, you are going to Egypt. Less words, my boy. We don't talk, we do. We demonstrate. We perform. We show. That's the difference between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of the world. Ah, oh, guys, the kingdom of the world talks. Have you ever watched the United Nations me uh, meetings? Yeah? It's about eloquence there. Yours truly when he was alive. You remember him? Eh? He would go there and mesmerize everything with his eloquence and everything else. The, God, the kingdom of God is performance. It's signs and wonders. Let's move. Again, the Lord said to him, put your hand inside your cloak. Moses asked a question. God must show. 
completely. And he put his hand inside his cloak. And when he took it out, behold, this, his hand was leprous like snow. And then what happened? Then God said, put your hand back inside your cloak. So he put his hand back inside his cloak. And when he took it out, behold, it was restored like the rest of his flesh. Let's move on. If they will not believe you this time, God said, or listen to the first sign, they may believe the latter sign. Just two is enough. Yeah? Just two is enough to destroy your unbelief. Yeah? If you need more than this, look up to the cross. That's, that's finished. And now Moses is qualified. <laughs> Now the training is over. It's done. Now Moses knows. And the elders of Israel in slavery cannot doubt beyond this because God has said so. Because he is the God of signs and wonders. Have you not heard that the Bible says you are for signs and wonders? You and your children. You are for signs and wonder. You are not just ordinary people. Whatever you are doing, there has got to be wonders. There has got to be signs that speak not of you, but of your God. Because the purpose of your life is to demonstrate, is to show who is sponsoring you. Guys, you are sponsored. By the man upstairs. <laughs> and no one else. So every step of our lives. Signs end. And the world believes. If you want to convince the world by words. There are many liars who speak better language than you. Who speak big words that capture the interest of people more than you. If you want to convince the world by your style of preaching and everything else, ladies and gentlemen, there are guys there who are, the Bible calls the synagogue of Satan, who can preach better yeah, than anyone else. But you and me, when we appear, heaven appears. Yeah? When we appear, the sick must be healed without touching them. When we appear, there has got to be signs and wonders because we are carrying the DNA of our God. We don't speak much. We don't talk much. We do. That's who we are. And so God is like saying, Moses, go to Egypt, my boy, and do. Go and Two, what do I want to say? We will come back here, my brother. Let's go to my first slide. What do I want to say to us this morning? God, in his wisdom, when he deals with you, he uses the ordinary things. God uses the ordinary things for his extraordinary purposes. The eight verses we have seen on read in chapter 4, you see how God uses 
a shepherd's staff. Eh? For the accomplishment of his mission. Listen, it's an ordinary boy called Moses. Never mind that he grew in a palace. But he's just a fugitive. He's just a runaway. He's running away from law. He's a desperate young man. Those are the people God has interest in. Yeah? And he is ordinary. He's carrying an ordinary staff. And God turns it into a serpent. Yeah? And God says, this is what you're going to use. And when you read further in, in the book of Exodus, you will discover how that rod turns into a serpent in front of Pharaoh and consumes the snakes of Pharaoh's sangomas. Yeah? And it shocks the whole of Egypt. Ordinary things. Don't look for God always in these flamboyant things that we love. In all history, if you look at the movements of God, it's ordinary things. Very ordinary things. Do you remember the donkey chopper of Samson? Yeah? That turned into a machine gun. Yeah. In his, you know, anything ordinary in your hand as a child of God is extraordinary. It does wonders. God increases it. You remember David Sling, an ordinary boy, David, with an ordinary sling, yeah? But look at how it became a guided missile. Eh? into the forehead of Goliath. Ordinary. Because there was God. It was not David's accuracy. It was not David's skill of throwing the sling. No, 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 no. no. It was God behind everything. Because God has this nature of using these ordinary things to perform his wonders. Yeah? To accomplish his mission. You remember the boy, the lunch in John chapter 6. Yeah. Two fish and five loaves. Ordinary lunch for an ordinary boy. He fed 5,000 men. Never mind the women and the children that were in the crowds. The Bible talks of men because men eat too much. That is to emphasize to you the quantity of food that came out of two fish and five loaves. If it could feed 5,000 men, it means that there were about 10,000 women and their babies who also ate. Ordinary stuff, guys. Ordinary. That's how our God works. You remember the story of the wheat of Zerapath? Yeah? With her flour. It was so leakly. She was supposed just to make a piece of cake for her and her grandchild and then die after eating it. 
Yeah? You remember that? Yeah. And just die like that. She was ready for dying. But God comes along and says, I will show you who I am. Yeah. Make a cake for me first. She was bold. Don't you think so? And she made the cake for the prophet of God. It doesn't mean that is a doctrine. That you will go around making cakes with your last flower for the man of God. You will go hungry. (laughs) And you know the rest of the story, isn't it? She had a supply. The other widow also with the oil, the jar of oil, you remember? Yeah. Keep pouring. Pot and pot and pot until she got tired herself. And he saved her sons because they were about to be sold to pay debt. Ordinary things. Ladies and gentlemen, the God you are worshipping, the God you walk with is a miracle working God. He is so able, he will mesmerize you. The challenge is you are looking for these expensive, extraordinary things to worship this ordinary looking God. And you miss the mark. How many times have you not done what God wants you to do because you didn't have a proper outfit? Because you didn't have a good smelling perfume. How many times have you refused to go and share the word of God? Because you didn't have a nicer Bible. A nice looking Bible. A clean Bible. Have you seen mine? It's very old now. But it is still the the Bible. You see, God uses these simple, natural things. Because he wants to show that he is in charge. That he is God. That he is the one who sent you. Don't explain much to people. Don't try and convince people so much about Jesus. Demonstrate. They doubt your Jesus. Go home. Lay hands on them. In Jesus' name be healed. They get healed. They will know. Are you with me this morning? Particularly our people, our relatives, they doubt you so much. They think you are made. Stop wasting your words. Wait until they are sick. When you are told they are sick, that is the opportunity. Walk there and just go and lay hands. You are healed in Jesus' name. And kiss them on the cheek and walk away. In a few minutes time, they will phone you. Mama is well. You have ministered. Because if you speak, you will offend them. Do. Did you hear what I said? Do. He uses the ordinary things. Let's get back to Exodus chapter 4. 
we are in verse number eight. So we can understand these things. Never undermine what you have in your hands, ladies and gentlemen. It is usable in the kingdom of God. One dollar is usable. Do you know that with God you can make a million out of your one dollar? Don't throw it away. Yeah? Don't throw it away. It's going to help you. If they will not believe you, God said, or listen to the first sign, they may believe the latter sign. Let's move on. If they will not believe even these two signs or listen to your voice, you shall take some water from the Nile and pour it on the dry ground, and the water that you shall take from the Nile will become blood on the dry ground. This is an amazing God. Let's continue reading. But Moses said to the Lord, O oh my Lord, I am not alone. Look at Moses. First it was the people will not believe. God has done everything. But now Moses changes game. Exactly like you and me. Yeah? He changes game. And he says, oh my Lord, I see what you are doing. I see all these miracles. It's interesting. It's marvelous. But this time, it's not them. It's me. I am not eloquent. Either in the past or since you have spoken to your servant. But I'm slow of speech and of tongue. I'm not eloquent. I have always been like this stammering. I don't have good speech. I'm not well trained. I didn't go to a theological seminar. I wasn't trained to be a pastor. Who told you you have to train to be a pastor? I wasn't trained to teach or to preach. Who told you you have to go for a university and have a degree to preach Jesus? Who told you you, you need whatever qualification to do what God has called you? See, Moses is bringing up all these things that we also bring up every day. Many of us here always feel inadequate. I'm not well groomed. I'm not well prepared. I'm not well this. I'm not well this. <laughs> Moses says a lot of things. I've always been like this. I was born like this. This is me, God. Eh? This is me. I, I can't. I can't make it. I am slow of speech and of tongue. These are nice words. Eh? Eh? Very slow of speech and tongue. Whatever that means. It simply means I am a stammerer. Yeah? What does God do? Then the Lord said to him, Who has made men's mouth? Who made your mouth, Rana Moses? <laughs> In other words, God is saying, is it not me who made your mouth? Who makes him mute or deaf or sing or blind? That's a whole lot of things there. Eh? That's a question. But already you are getting an answer. Who made your mouth? God. Who can mute that mouth? <laughs> The maker of it. Mm -hmm. That's what God is saying to Moses there. 
Is it not I, the Lord? It's you, Lord. And what does Moses do? Let's move on. Now, therefore, go. Yeah, with your stammering, with your mouth, go. And I will be with your mouth. I love this. And teach you what you shall speak. God is not even saying, in Genesis, I mean in chapter 3, he said, I will be with you. But now Moses brings in a special case, which is a mouth case. (laughs) And God says, okay, it looks like you don't believe me, Moses. I will be with your mouth. Had he spoken of an ear, God would have said, I'll be with your ears. I'll be with your fingers. Up with your toes. I will be with your mouth and I, God, will teach you what you shall speak. You don't need no man, Moses. I'm with you. What are we learning from this? Let's go to my second slide. What are we learning from this? So that we can just do it well. You know, God is you, sorry, God uses you as you are. It is not about your ability, but his ability. This is what God is saying to Moses. Moses, it's not about how eloquent you are. It's about me. It's not about how skilled you are. It's about me. It's not about your competence here, Moses. It's about my competence. It's me who sent you? I know Moses that you are a stammerer. I know. Maybe let's put it this way. In chapter 3, Moses encounters God face to face with God. Yeah? But God didn't change his slowness in speech and tongue. Maybe Moses had hoped that because I have come face to face with you and I am in dialogue with you, God was going to change. But you see what? If God changes Moses' tongue, it is now going to be Moses' ability, not God's ability. Now Moses will go to Egypt in his own eloquence and begin to speak like Moses. But God says, it's not going to be like that. I know you are a stammerer and I am going to use you as you are. Because when you open your mouth to speak, it is not Moses but God. You see, the challenge with us today as believers, we want things to be us. Did you hear how KK spoke? Did you hear how I spoke? Mm -mm. It's not you. It's God. It's God. When they ask you to go and preach or to share something, how many hours and days do you take preparing? To go and speak for 5, 10 minutes, 20 minutes. How many hours? 
and days do you take? No, give me time. I will take about two months to prepare. Eh? To go and speak on this. Let me help you. I don't want to mislead you. It depends on where you are now. With me, myself, I learned some years back not to trust on my eloquence, but on God. You wake me up now and say, go and preach, I will come and preach. Because I'm not depending on, on myself. If I read the text, just read the chapter, normally I say, Lord, what do you want to say? I am available. I'm here. And then he will speak. Oftentimes, he has amazed me. Yeah? Totally amazed me. I'm not teaching you to be lazy. Guys, the truth of the matter, I don't have, I don't waste my sleep. Whether here or at work or wherever, they can give whatever topic or whatever concept. I will just go through a little bit and browse, okay, this and say, Lord, what do you want to say about this? I think I can go and deliver better than somebody who read for two months to deliver. Because I am using the spirit of God than the spirit of my mind, the flesh. I'm trying to say to you, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't feel inadequate. Stand up and say, I'm here, Lord. Speak through me. He says to Moses, I will teach you what to. Matthew 10, verse number 19 and 20. Let's read that one. Maybe let me read it. Do you have it there? Yes, let's read that one. It's an interesting verse. Maybe you are saying that one was Old Testament. When they deliver you over, do not be anxious how you are to speak or what you are to say. For what you are to say will be given to you in that hour. Eh? What you are to say shall be given to you in that hour of your speaking. You see, we, we have this tendency because theology and training has taught us that I have to sit down and download from my own thinking what I need to say. And then I come here to say what I have already planned. So much that even when the Holy Spirit is saying to you, no, 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 no. We are going to say here A, B, C, D. You resist because I have my notes. But Jesus is saying, listen, listen, you are not going to function like that. Present yourself. Be available. And that very hour, I, Jesus, will give you, reveal to you what you are supposed to say at that hour. Verse number 20, what does it say? For it is not you who speak, but the spirit of your father speaking through you. If this doesn't convince you, then I do not know how to say it again. 
the moment you want to be used of the Lord, it is no longer about you. Take yourself out of the way. It's about the spirit of the Lord who indwells you eternally. He will tell you what to say. He will show you what to do. He will cause your tongue to speak like you never thought you would. Yeah? That's God. Hello, you're too quiet. That's God for you. Moses is not about your eloquence. No, it's about me, Moses. I am sending you to Egypt to talk to Pharaoh. I knew the day you were born and I muted your speech myself so I can be glorified through your stammering. Maybe you have an issue. <laughs> yeah? And you are bothering God about the issue. Why don't you believe that maybe ought to be like this for his glory and begin to be usable. And when you are usable, who knows he is God, it can disappear. Have you heard about Paul, a great minister of the gospel? He had a thorn in the flesh. The Bible never explains what the thorn was about. But it was an infirmity. How many people know that Paul had an infirmity? Yeah, he had a physical infirmity. When you think of Paul in your head, you are seeing this giant of a man. Yeah? This handsome, tall, whatever, eloquent giant. But the man had an infirmity. An infirmity that bothered him, and he always went to God. And God says to Paul, Excuse me, sir, it's about my grace. My grace is sufficient unto you. Don't bother about this infirmity, it is exactly what I'm using for my glory. What is it that you are bothering yourself about? What is it that you think it's really hurting you? What is it that you really think, ah, ah, what shall I do? How can I appear before people like this? Ah, I'm so inadequate. What shall I say? What shall I do? Listen to me. Maybe, unless you stand up and say I'm here, as I am, you might not experience the joy of serving your God. You heard me this morning. My time is running up so fast. Maybe it's my watch. But the, I, need, <laughs> I need to wrap up and finish up what I've said. Quickly, maybe without going to the, to, 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 to the notes and everything else because of time. I needed to finish at 20 past. Please borrow me three minutes. Moses. After this encounter with God, he doesn't relent. I mean relent until God says, okay, I will give you a partner called Aaron. Yeah? 
God says, see, see, Aaron is coming to meet you. I mean, God is talking about the veil as if it is happening now. He says, hey, hey, open up your eyes. When you go to Egypt, Aaron is coming to you. I'm giving you a partner there, Moses. He will be your spokesman. He will be your spokesperson. Let's read the last verses. He will be your spokesperson. He will be with you because you are stammering. But you are responsible. Because I have not called Aaron, I have called you. I have not sent Aaron, I have sent you. So you will be responsible. What does God say? And then we finish it up. Then the anger of the Lord was kindly against Moses. And he said, is there not Aaron? Your brother, the Levite. Look at how God does things. I know that he can speak well. Behold, he is coming out to meet you. And when he sees you, he will be glad in his heart. Then you shall speak to him and put the words in his mouth. Because I am with your mouth, not Aaron's mouth. So because I'm with your mouth, Moses, I will put my words in your mouth and then you take my words and put them in Aaron's mouth. Yourself. And I will be with your mouth and with his mouth and his mouth and will teach you both what to do. Let's move on. He shall speak for you to the people. Who is Aaron speaking for? And who is Moses speaking for? And he shall be your mouth and you shall be as God to him. What I wanted to say is, ladies and gentlemen, even when God has given you friends, partners, or what have you in his mission for your life, you are still responsible. You are still responsible. It is your responsibility. God speaks to you direct. He is not going to speak to you through somebody else. If I had time, I was going to show you this Aaron the Levite. Yeah? The fivefold ministry these days in the New Testament, isn't it? That a lot of us miss the voice of God because the assignment is yours. But you want this Aaron. To be always the one speaking for you and hearing and downloading from God for you. This is where we miss the mark. The role of Aaron is just to convey <laughs> what God has spoken to you. What is God saying to you? That's critical. It's not what God is saying to your pastor about you. Is what God says to you. Do you hear God, Moses? Do you hear the voice of God? Can you stand for that which God is saying to you and convey it to your Aaron so that he can help you? The role of Aaron is to help you. The role of your pastors is to help you. We're here to help you, not to do stuff for you. Tell us what God is saying. We will help you. Are you listening to me?
hear God for yourself. God bless you throughout the week. My time is gone. I didn't finish. You can't finish God's things. My time is gone. But God bless you throughout the week. Be available. Let God use you the way you are. You are never too inadequate for God. Yeah? He uses ordinary things. What is it that you have in your hand? Allow God to use that. You are responsible for everything God wants you to do. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, we thank you this morning that again we give our hearts to your word. You have spoken. Keep challenging us by your spirit until we have become like the Lord Jesus Christ. Teach us to obey your word. And teach us, Father, to bring ourselves to you as we are. We are never inadequate because we have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. We are like Jesus. For your word says, as he is in heaven, so are we here on earth. So we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We are very able because we serve a God who is able. May your name be glorified and blessed through us today and forever. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we pray. Amen and amen.